0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Lios enchim chim anyevu. Greetings, everyone. May the Creator bless you all, and welcome to my podcast, The Good Do E Medicine Podcast. I'll be your host, Pete Rodriguez. Batul Trueheart is our guest today, and welcome to the podcast, the Good to E-Medicine podcast. And I'm going to read her bio. She was so gracious to send that to us here at the podcast. So Batul Trueheart is a Yoeme and mixed Panamanian-American, queer and two-spirit curanderisimo, I hope I got that right, practitioner, community herbalist, and aspiring death, Daula. You need to... Explain to that a little bit more what that means. On the show, Babatul has been walking a healing road for 15 years, reclaiming the truth of who they are by reconnecting with their ancestors and relearning traditional ceremonies and practices, reconciling internalized colonialism and making relationships with medicine of the plants. Wow, that is an awesome bio. I love it. But welcome, Batul. Welcome to the show. This is uh Sunday. Let's see what are we on the twenty seventh. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to be on the uh, podcast today.
0: Thank you, Pete. Or All should right. I say, it? I'm learning uh, Chioque.
1: Chio. Yeah. Chioque. Chioque. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, it's it's the Yaqui language. There's different uh pronunciations to to say that Chiyok- or and um, either way you say it, it's good. It's good to talk the language. I know one of my Yaki language teachers says just uh, as long as you're learning and saying it, and you're supposed to say it loud and proud when you're in public, don't be like scared to say chokwe. "ketchalea." But anyway, thank you for being here. I know we're chatting before, a little bit before the podcast, and I'm really interested um, on everything you do. It is so neat. And um, I'm a gardener. I'm an avid gardener as well. I'm really into uh, traditional healing. Well, the show is called Do E-Medicine, Good Medicine Podcast. And one of the reasons a lot of the things you're doing is a lot of things I started the podcast in the first place about a year ago. But maybe we could just start off where you're from. I know we ch- chatted a little bit before the podcast, but um, I'm really interested. I love where the area where you're from. Maybe a little bit about that just to kick things off for our listeners. Sure. Okay.
0: So, yeah, you know, I'm actually from a few places, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my ancestors are from where you are, course <laughs> okay. some of them are. Yeah. Um, I was born in uh, uh, East L.A. or Southeast L.A., Um, This a town called Bellflower, California, Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of Yaquis. That's where my father resides and that side of my family. Um, But for most of my life, I lived in Mendocino County, which is about two hours north of San Francisco, California, um, in this small town called Ukiah. So um, it's a beautiful town, redwoods near the coast. Um, But for about 11 years now, I've been living in Oakland, California, which is just about 10 minutes from San Francisco.
1: Right. It's also beautiful. Yeah, I know the area well. I have some family that live just east in the Stockton area, but um, there's also a lot of tribal, and I, don't, I know you're Yaki. and we can talk a little bit about that later, about um, finding out that you were Yaki, which is probably really exciting, but there's a lot of uh, tribal members and Yakis that live up in that area. In Fresno, there's a big community in that area, and Stockton a lot of people Mm -hmm. and um so it's it's really nice to connect and um but um yeah I know that area I love San Francisco the Bay Area all that area really nice so how's the weather right now I know there there was a lot of um the fires and things going on over there over here it's hot it's like 102 (laughs) right now
0: yeah that's hot
1: (laughs) so how's the weather
0: so here, you know, in Oakland, or mm-hmm. you know, this is occupied Wichin alone territory, mm-hmm. um it's finally clearing up the weather the last couple of days. it's it's t- it took a little while. A couple of weeks ago, we had, you know, as I'm sure you've heard, just really, really strong fires on right. ground and to where there was ash in the sky, you know? So I'm so grateful. i just I woke up this morning and said a prayer and just really felt grateful for. Clean air, a blue sky, the sunshine. Because for like a couple weeks there, the sun wasn't even going through all the smoke because it was so dense, you know. So it's good. It feels good to have the sun back and the clear skies back.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. It's so nice. I know we were getting a little bit of that smoke down here. Um, Mm -hmm. It was so bad, but uh, wow. I'm happy that you're getting the the beautiful sun back. Um, So I guess we could talk a little bit about your. I know one thing that really, really. I know when we started the um, the podcast, we uh, you were recommended by another one of my guests, and and I was like, yeah, we have to have um Batul on our podcast because she does a lot of healing and medicine and works with the community. Um, when did you start? I guess do doing the Quran or doing the herbalist did it come I know I love to get the backstory I guess so to speak on some of the guests that you know how did it how did it start what inspired you or what did that where was that little theme that changed that said you know I want to help people I want to to help them through healing through medicine and herbs and and, and you know traditional going back to indigenous you know plants and things like that did it just happen (laughs) like well tell us about it because i know i started the podcast and for instance things i uh, you know i've been wanting to for me like for me for instance i wanted to give back to the world the community to tribal members you know i've been fortunate and whatnot you can probably listen to other episodes but i wanted to give back to the community and i said you know what Best part I can do, and also bring in other people to share their experience, was through a podcast. So that's why I I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I had to do it. But maybe you can talk about how Batul, how did you started doing that? And I know you have uh, now you have your own business, so Maso Medicina. And then maybe you can talk about how did that grow into that too. (laughs) There's a a lot to talk about.
0: So you do Yeah, there's a lot. There's a, a lot,
1: lot. and I want to know a death doll. I don't even dula. know if I'm pronouncing. Dula,
0: dula. Yeah, it's called. Mm-hmm.
1: Dula. Okay, dula. perfect. Dula. So please, yeah, share with us and our listeners.
0: Thank you, Pete. Yeah. So, well, I think the first question you asked was about curanderiz- curanderismo
1: curanderismo. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was just really, you know, it's a path of healing. Okay. Um, it's a mixed medicine path. It's a path that really came after the conquest. It's very much, you know, indigenous to medicine to hear, um, especially those places that were invaded by the Spaniards. So there's, you know, there's Mexican curanderismo, there's Puerto Rican curanderismo, mm. but um, really what it means is that it's the medicine of, of, you know, indigenous folks um, also of um it has african lineage as well um when when africans were forcefully kidnapped and enslaved and brought here um you know they also came with their medicine and their
1: mm.
0: their ways of life as well and then it also has some spanish influence as well because back then in like the 1400s and 1500s um the spanish the greeks uh they were known for their medicine they were known for concepts like hot and cold wet and dry so um yeah curanderismo is like it's a it's a healing path um but it's also very much like family medicine community medicine it's really how we survived all of through all of that you know through all of the pain the genocide the enslavement you know even though that was happening you know how how some of us you know some of our ancestors made it through was with the plants was with their practices was with their prayer with their with their connection with um the elements all those things so yeah that's been my path to healing um but i think you know i think you asked me what inspired it <laughs>
1: right what word no? is-
0: like why <laughs> or you know like yeah, why
1: wh- it- why because a lot of people you know they have I know you talk about path, you know, you find your path. I know when you're young, you like, you know, you go to school, you want to be this doctor, lawyer, whatever. But a lot of people find their, you know, path in life. You know, this is what I'm always here to put on this earth to do or to help or to think. But, you know, what? how did that come about? Like, this is what I was meant to do. Or how did that happen? <laughs>
0: Well, it's a long story. I'll try to keep it short. No, but. no, we
1: have some time. <laughs> if we have time, you know, uh, you know, so, I, I, we, I think sometimes
0: uh, people get surprised by the answer. But what really, uh, you know, inspired me is my there pain. You go.
1: Inspiration. My pain. Your pain. Okay. But it
0: was my pain. Right. You know, because I, you know, and maybe a lot of listeners, maybe even you, Pete, can relate. You know, I came in because of, I think, because of, um generational and ancestral trauma because of colonialism Mm um you know I came in with trauma even even in the womb you know there was violence in my family as soon as I came in so even when I was in the womb I experienced violence you know and um and that just kind of was the story of my childhood was like there was like violence in the house and I was very sensitive and You know, we were low income and so I had shame around that and I didn't, I, I didn't grow up with my indigenous side of my family. And even if I had many of them, you know, were also colonized and not necessarily connecting with their ancestral roots and ways. And, and So, so I was lost really for most of my life. You know, I was, as I became a teenager, I, I drank a lot, partied a lot and that really, you know lasted until i was 27 and then that's that's when i was brought this was about 15 years ago uh when i was brought to my first ceremonies my first native ceremony so i was brought at first it was through the lakota sweat lodge
1: Ridge.
0: um was where i fir- was first brought and then the native american church so um yeah something brought me back you know and Cause I was suffering, I was really suffering and there could have been a potential for me to really go down a, a unhealthy road, you know? And, um, but thankfully my ancestors, even though it was, you know, it started with the Lakota right. ceremony. When I went in there, it was really the first time that I, I felt my ancestors, therefore I felt myself, you know? I had, I had never really felt like who I am until I was in those ceremonies. And so um, I'd say that's when it began, was 15 years ago. I started the Red Road. I started ceremonies. um, But it's been about six years now of really um, learning new practices and doing deeper healing with the plants through curanderismo.
1: Awesome. God, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. So it's been a journey. And the Red Road, a lot of people... um, they don't know what that means. Can you explain a little bit to our listeners what the red road is?
0: Yeah. Well, to me, it's about.
1: Well, what it is. Yeah. To you.
0: Yeah. To me. Well, a lot of that had to do with not drinking alcohol anymore. That was a right. big,
1: that that was, was a the big, same way. I know a lot of people, they say you used to drink enough. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. But you find that red road, but, but oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just
0: yeah. No, no. Yeah, so that it's that you know, yeah, it, and it's also ceremonial. You know, it's like living a ceremonial life and living a life. Yeah, just doing my best to. For me, it's connecting with my ancestors. It's right. being in the life of of healing, really healing myself, and then supporting others the best I can. That's really what it's about to me.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and you're also living. I know when we talk about being tribal and being Yaqui and Um I know a lot of people, We we talk when I talk about and we do our presentations here at work at the reservation. We always say that, well, we start off with prayer. But a lot of people don't know that when we do ceremonies, the prayers are not just for family, friends, or tribal. The prayers are for the world. And uh, a lot of people really say, oh, yeah, when we do ceremonies and we pray, we pray not just for You know, just for family, friends, ceremony on the participant, the the prayers are for the world. They start for everyone, for all of the world, everything, everything on the world. So they're like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, they've always been like that Mm -hmm. in our culture. We always not only pray for just ourselves, it's always for the whole world. Mm -hmm. You know, like, wow, that's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, it's always been like that in our culture. We always pray for everything and everybody in the whole world not just mm-hmm. and it's like that but that's really neat that's really neat so I love that so yeah we follow the red road if you want to that's one of the things that um that I changed because I my my I guess personal experience was like maybe three or four years ago but we don't want to talk about too much of mine but yeah I had the same thing and Not too much of the pain side, but it it changed. You know, like, I got to do something, I guess. You know, and that's where I started the podcast. I gave up, you know, everything else I was doing, like partying or whatever. I became vegan and other things, but it's been great. You know, like you said, it's, it's, I call it a awakening. Mm -hmm. Like a new, I feel like I'm awake. Like I wasn't even living. Mm-hmm. For me. Mm-hmm. So that was like maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. I call it that for me. But um, that's that's really neat. And maybe we, I know you're, you love to garden. I, I was reading some of your bio. I know you're on Instagram as well. And I see some of the plants. And I really love the way you also grow your own medicine. I know here in Southern Arizona, we have a garden. We've been doing a lot of gardening here on the Rez at our ranch the Tortuga Ranch here and we also have gardens throughout the reservation and um, I've always been an avid gardener but um and I'm going to send you some seeds
0: thank um, you
1: some special seeds
0: thank you
1: they're called Mayo which is a sister tribe to the UME in Sonora it's a basil so I hope you plant a lot of this basil and you collect the seeds and heal a lot of people and uh,
0: I'm going to make some more medicine out of it. Yeah,
1: make some medicine and heal some more people and and give it to the world. And also it, it, it um seeds really well so you can uh, collect the flowers. I know you do a lot of things with flowers. And also mm-hmm. the seeds, they smell really good and you can plant some more. So one plant will produce a lot of seeds. So you'll have a lot for a lifetime. And Thank more you. lifetimes and for more generations.
0: <laughs> Basil is so perfect. albahaca is so perfect. Al-baca. Um, we use yeah. that in limpias. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, you know, we take the plant and kind of sweep the body with them and albaca is one of the best ones for that. So I'm so excited to grow that and then utilize it, it that way. Yeah,
1: it's so it's so strong, the aroma. It's so strong. You just need a little bit it's like the strongest basil I've ever had. And it's the special thing about it, it's native to our culture, the Yaki, the Ueme. Okay, Batul, thank you so much for sharing those, those stories of healing with me. Um, thank you so much, Chokutesia, and also our, our audience. I'm sure they're going to find that very, very inspiring, but maybe you can talk to us. I know I read a little bit about your bio, and it says you, were, you, you found out that you were Yaki. So I'm um, taking it you found out later in life you were part of the UME, the Yaki. Tribe, maybe you can tell our listeners how that came about. Because I know we have a lot of people. You know, they contact me also as well. You know, I I just found out I'm I'm a tribal member. I'm Yaki, and I'm so excited. And um, we get a lot of that here on the reservation. But maybe you can tell us your story, how you know how that came along, and you became or you found out you were tribal in Yoeme. Yeah. Okay.
0: So. Um, yeah, so I think I shared a little, you know, when Mm -hmm. I, I was, I was, I was, did not grow up with my father. I did not grow up with my indigenous side, my OMA side. Um, there was a lot of, um, woundedness already in my family. And so, um, I always knew, so I grew up with my mom who's Panamanian, you know, she's, but she's light-skinned, she's white, she's green-eyed, she's blonde. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I always knew, you know, she always told me, Oh, your dad was native. She, he's native, you're native. That's what she always told me, but she was 15 when she was with my father. So it was, and it was a long time ago. So she never remembered the tribe. And I think just back then it just, you know, it wasn't maybe as important for her, but, um, So I always had a knowing, you know, as a baby, I had moccasins, as a baby, I had waraches. you know, I had these like little symbols of being indigenous, but Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up that way. And, um, and so that, you know, and I think that was part of the confusion that was in me, you know, the feeling lost, you know, as I didn't have that, those roots, but and so, you know, and I never knew, I never knew my father. So I, we left, my mom and I left when we, when I was nine months old. And so my whole life, I always wondered, I knew I was native. Every once in a while, she'd tell me some story, but I didn't really know who I was. Um. And so when I, you know, like I said, I started my healing path going through ceremony when I was 27. But when I turned 32, um... My partner, Corey, and I, we've been together for almost 12 years. Uh, we drove down to, to where he lives, and I knocked wow. on his doorstep. I did, I did the thing. Nice. And um, because something in me said, you know, that's what I, w- that's what I came for. I, will, I came for two things. I came to ask if he'd ever thought about me because it had been 32 years. And I also came to find out who I am. And my father told me that day who I am. He said that um we're Yaki. He said that both of my grandparents were born in Sonora. Um, but he also was reserved about saying that we're Yaki. I will be honest. Oh. So that colonialism, that woundedness was in him right. as well. But um you know, there's a story, actually, I would love to tell Pete.
1: Yeah, please share.
0: <sighs> so, like I said, you know, I, I really came to my father for the, the main reason, really, was to find out who I am. And I'm so grateful because he gave me that. He gave me my life, This, you know, birthed me, life, this life, and he gave me who I am at 32. But I want to share, you know, before, I, before he told me I was yucky, when we were driving there, my partner and I, we were driving, we actually were going on a 10 day road trip before we were to go meet him in LA, near LA. And uh, so, first, we were leaving Oakland and we were going, we went up this way towards Yosemite, this national park. And uh, as we were driving, something caught my eye on the right hand side as we were driving, and it caught my partner's eye too. We both were like, What is that? And so, we stopped on the side of the freeway, got out of the car. Something told me to bring some tobacco, like bring the tobacco out of the car. And we walked down to this this thing that we saw and it was a deer carcass. Mm. And I felt very, I felt something when I saw it and I, I something told me to leave tobacco and to ask permission if if this deer the head, the skull wanted to come with me. And, and so I did that and it said yes and I put that deer skull actually on our dashboard as our guide. And that was 10 days before I met my father. And that was 10 days before I found out that I'm UMA. And, uh, I didn't know that we were dear people, but that tells me, you know, that was one of those, you know, when we're on these ancestors, that ancestral path and we're doing that healing, it's like mysterious things happen, you know, that guidance. So. I love to tell that story because I have it. My ancestors were already guiding me, you know, even before I, I met my father, before I knew who I was. So, yeah, I love that story.
1: Yeah, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing. I love stories. I always tell our, our guests, and, but do also if you have stories you want to share, one, we love. I love telling stories. I have a lot of stories to tell. And I also like to share stories that I hear and I also do a lot of training, in, but I love sharing stories as well. And, um, it's true. Your ancestors are walking with you and a lot of people, especially the Yaki, uh, Ueme people, they need to, they, they should realize and hopefully they do. And hopefully they listen to the podcast and the good Do e-medicine, medicina podcast. And hopefully they realize that your sense your ancestors are, there, and we use that a lot of symbolism in our, in our tribe with the, with our, um, the deer. I know I do a little bit of training in the ants from the Sudem story. They represent our ancestors that went underground and they represent our, or our stars, the choking represent our ancestors as well, as well. And they're always with you. They're always walking with you. But, um, I love that story. Thank you for sharing those stories with us today. Okay. And, um, Also, and meeting your dad at 32, that's amazing. And um, thank you for sharing that. So also, there was another little, I know I wanted to talk about the, maybe we can talk about death, Daula? I know I'm pronouncing that. Is (laughs) it Daula?
0: It's Dula. Dula. Dula.
1: Okay, we'll get to that. Dula. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that.
1: We'll get to that.
0: That's a newer thing. So yeah, that's good.
1: I was like, should I ask her about that doula, doula, doula? I know it's good because everything (laughs) you're doing is good. But maybe also another thing that caught my eye when I was reading your couple of things. um, What is the, let me find it, the Native American Church or the Sweat Lodge or the TP meeting? Yes. That sounded really interesting. Um, 2014 making my prayer for my life. What, what is a TP meeting? Yeah. yeah, Maybe you can.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of given a little bit of a picture, a little bit of a timeline of my Mm -hmm. life. I kind of think of it like my first 27 years, I was, you know, somewhat, somewhat lost, you know, and trying to find my way. And then I was brought to these ceremonies and so my healing began. But you know, when I say my healing began, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes when we think of healing, we think, oh, it sounds so beautiful, you know, flowers and rainbows. <laughs> but really, <laughs> it means like pain. Pain. You know, it right. I means facing pain. It's it's hard. It's hard. And even though I'd been on my healing path already, I was still feeling a lot of pain. And And now I know, so what I, I was feeling what felt like what I described as a mountain on my back, you know, it it felt bigger than me. It wasn't, it felt like, okay, this isn't just about my life or my childhood. This is about like his history, you know, and generations. And so in 2014, well, actually in 2013, part of my healing started looking like me going through a deep depression. That's, that's what the healing looked like. And so for about a year and a half, I went through a deep, dark, deep depression. And, uh, and then it was, you know, I was, it was getting a little bit scary. And so I got a message from spirit, my ancestors to, to call a ceremony for my life, to have a ceremony for my life. And, um, I have a very good friend, relative in my life who's Apache and they are a roadman. And so I asked them if they would hold a teepee ceremony or a Native American church ceremony. It's it's a peyote ceremony. It's a medicine ceremony. And so in 2014, um, you know, we did, we prepared and community came and we had this all night ceremony for, for me, really, for my healing And, um, you know, when you have a ceremony like that, there's a reason, you know, I I went because there was a wish that I had a, a prayer and I didn't exactly know what my prayer was exactly until it was the time in the ceremony to say it. And so when that time came in front of the fire, in front of the medicine, what came out of my mouth was my prayer is. To be who I truly am. My prayer is to be who I truly am. Because honestly, and this is like, you know, this is only like six years ago. This is like in my 30s, right? Even though I'd been on my ancestral path, my healing path, I was still really mixed up, you know? And a lot of it had to do with identity. I was, I was like, you know, am <laughs> I yo Am I yaki? I didn't grow up on the reservation. You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up here and I grew up around white people and, you know, I was so confused. I was literally like mixed up, you know, like, what do I have a right to be? Am I Chicana? Am I Mexicana? Like, what am I? Who am I? And so that really was my prayer. Like, I don't know who I am. My prayer is to be who I am, to be who I am and to discover that and to be it and to walk it. And so. I had that prayer in 2014 and seven weeks later, I met one of my teachers, Atava Garcia Swaisiki is her name. And um, she had this class called Curanderas Toolkit here in Oakland. And it was a class to really, for mostly, you know, indigenous folks and black folks to be connecting, reconnecting with their ancestors again. And, um, and so, I took that class. And then about a year later, she asked if I would teach that class. And then I've been meeting other elders and mentors the last six years. Um, And going to Mexico, I've been very blessed, very privileged to be able to travel and learn more about traditional healing ways. And so, um, so yeah, this has been my path, you know, it's, and it's, something happened, I'll say, Pete, that the last, it's really been like almost two years now, like about a year and a half, two years where I feel like the healing has really, like there's been a shift. Like it's taken about 15 years. (laughs) You know, these things take time. They take dedication. They take a lot of prayer, a lot of tears, all of it. But I feel the big shift in me, not like I'm healed. You know, there's still more to do all of that, but What's different is that I feel whole. I feel intact. I feel like I'm not confused anymore. Like, yes, I, yes, I didn't grow on the res- up on the reservation. Yes, I don't have, that's not my story, right? But I am still Yoame, and I still have that blood in me. And that, obviously, you know, as... <laughs> as I grow more I and I'm like wow I'm so UMA. <laughs> you know like I see it in myself and
1: right.
0: um, this is my story this is who I am and I'm not trying to be anybody else this is who I am so I feel so good. this interview really is means a lot to me because it feels very full circle for me so
1: thank you also for sending me some medicine. Mm -hmm. Agua. I'm looking at it right now. I know our listeners are not going to be able to see this, but this is a, Batul sent me this medicine called Agua Florida. Para las energías. What, it smells so good. What is it for? I was asking my son. Para las energías. Is it for energy? Energías? Yeah, I mean I don't want to I don't want to use it wrong. I was gonna spray it on my <laughs> as a it's not a cologne or anything.
0: Well it kinda it can be. Is Actually it? it can be. It's kind of like oh, all smells
1: like it. cinnamon. It.
0: Yeah, you can use it for everything. Um
1: he said it smells yeah, so good.
0: I'm so glad you like it. I'm so glad you like it. Um yeah, you, it's It's, I call it, I say for the the energies, because it's really for, mostly it's for the difficult energies. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, if we're feeling, a lot of the time it's like, if we're feeling like we need a little shift, Uh (laughs) you know, spray it around us. Okay. Um, It's very common to spray it in our hands. All right. Three times to activate the medicine and then kind of breathe it in and kind of pat ourselves down. So like put it on, kind of pat your head down with it, your arms. And that's, you can kind of cleanse that way. And so you can do that for yourself or you could do it for someone else. Mm, so you can I also trust. spray a room with it. Like if you can't smudge or burn herbs, you know, you could just spray the room. I've washed huh. my hands with it, like with it as a disinfectant in a pinch. I've used it as mouthwash in a pinch. I oh. mean, there's so much cologne. There's so much you can do with it. it but it's it smells- it's, uh, it's got like very strong cinnamon scent and it has citrus scent and then it's got flora you know it's got flowers Sea si, see is that correct Sewa? Sewa. so it's Sewa. got flowers that i've grown so yeah um, mostly i love marigolds they're my my main plant i ally love
1: marigolds
0: yeah the the big puffy mexican marigolds are in there and there's some white yarrow for protection and um some linden flower for calming
1: and you like lavender. flowers? I'm gonna send you some more oh. seeds for flowers. Uh, I love flowers.
0: I love you flowers. You like
1: sunflowers?
0: I love sunflowers.
1: I have some really unique um sunflowers. They're uh, they're all native. Like I say, we we like to introduce indigenous um seeds and plants here at our garden here on the reservation. But um some of the seeds, well, they're they're native. One of them is um I forget one from what tribe, but it makes the darkest black sunflowers they're not they don't look like the sunflowers then I have a a Tarumara white sunflowers it's pure white sunflower it's from the Taromara tribe and I also have a black pitch black I think it's hopi Ooh. black sunflower, and they use it for dye to uh to for their weaving so I'll send you that I'll send you the white taromara, and I'll send you the Hopi black sunflowers. But you can probably use them as as yes. dye or, or things or are in your medicine or things, but they're really dark black and they'll even stain your fingers. That's how the dye, they use them for dye. Well, you can eat them too, but they're really, really beautiful. So I'll send you uh, white flowers, sunflowers, taromara, and I'll send you some Hopi black sunflowers so batul thank you again for sending me the Agua Florida i guess this is one of the medicines you this is one of your the let's see one of the products you specialize in so you do have these um for sale right you have your business and your products called maso medicina and uh, i will add the um uh to the podcast notes at the bottom um, when i Put the podcast out. I'll ask. Uh, I'll put that on there as a link to where they can find your your products, like the Agua Florida. And you sent me a couple more, um, also of some bath salts and Tristesa. I can't even read it. Indigos? I think I messed it up. Flower right. remedio. But you have yeah. a lot on your website, so I'm gonna put that in the show links. That way, people can find you on Instagram. But at but through true heart, and also a link to where you can find your Agua Florida, Maso Medicina. So maybe you could talk a little bit about before we end. Um, I know we've been talking a lot really quick. Um, about your your business and the business owner and being an entrepreneur, and and doing that. But uh, yeah, say a little bit about that really quick.
0: Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah I think it was about. Three or four, maybe four years ago now, I, I that was my first medicine I really made and offered people was agua florida, okay. and um, and then from there I you know came up with this kind of business name Maso mm-hmm. Medicina, and um, so yeah I have I have an herbal business now, um, but it's very grassroots. So you know I say business, but really what it is is a, is a prayer. You know it's part. It's just more of the unfolding of what come what's coming from being who I truly am right it's just it's it's my medicine so um I am in I'm in some stores I think I'm like in 10 stores here in uh on the west coast I'm in Mm -hmm. California uh Oregon and Seattle or in Washington as well um but a lot of the medicine that I I offer actually I do by donation um because, you know, medicine should be available for everybody. And it's just been so beautiful because I find that, you know, when I do it by donation, or if I do it by sliding scale, um, most of the time people are giving me top of that, that, that top range or more. And so then that allows me to, you know, continue to create more medicine for the community. And so it's been really beautiful the way that it's, it's happening. Um I've never approached a store, you know, everyone has approached me. And so I just know that it's all part of the prayer, you know, just getting the medicine out there for the people. So mm-hmm. um I Alba Florida flower essences too. I've been really making a lot of flower essences which um they're really about, you know, you just take a drop, or you just take very little and they can really help get to the spiritual root of any issue. So that one that I sent you, Pete, is for sadness. So if there's any stuck sadness that you're feeling at any point, you can start working with that and it'll help, help move that sadness. So, yeah, that's my little grassroots business is Maso Medicina. Um, yeah, I love it. I love, you know, most of the medicine I make, I grow the flowers that I, I make it with. So
1: That makes it even more powerful, more special. So thank you again. Batul, um, for being on the podcast, it's been a, a beautiful experience listening to your stories and sharing all your stories. I really enjoyed them. I, I know our listeners are going to enjoy it. And I'm, and hopefully you you can uh, you know share more of your agua florida. I know I'm going to use it. It's, it smells beautiful. And I'm going to use it, like you said, clap three times, mm-hmm. put it on you. I use a little bit of sage. I know one of our other guests gave me some sage and I use that you know in and healing and i love going back to our traditional healing and practices and um it's really powerful and um i'm i'm really happy you're doing what you're doing and sharing it with everyone i'm really happy and i want to share your story and your medicine with everyone so i'm ho- i'm very happy for you and i'm happy that you're on your path and sharing it with everyone else it makes me happy so Thank you again for being on the podcast, and uh, thank you for the medicina. I'm going to try it maybe today. I'm gonna, there's a little special place I like to go to. It's over here by the, uh, by the San Javier Mission, by the Tohono Odom Reservation. I go there pretty much all the time. Um, like today, I went in the morning. I'll go in the evenings when it's kind of getting like a sunset, and there's a little place up on the top called, there's a little hill. And I like to go up there just to be, you know, quiet, be out in the nature, watch the sunset. But I'm going to take my medicina today
0: and take oh, it up there
1: and use good. it. Please, um, yes,
0: please do. It's for you. And I made so, you a vegan and all of that. So. I
1: know. That's so nice. non so, alcoholic
0: and vegan. <laughs> it's so
1: special. I mean, I'm not a perfect vegan. I like chocolate. I don't think no one's perfect. I know no a lot of people perfect. say well, you're not vegan. You're eating chocolate. It has milk. I'm like, God, no one's perfect. You know, exactly. we just have our path and we're doing it the best we can. I'm not perfect, but thank you so much, Batul, um, um, for being on the podcast. If you want to come back on, please let me know. Or if you're ever in Tucson, please let me know. And I'll give you a tour. We'll share some recipes. I love to cook too. Maybe we didn't even get to cooking, but, yeah, um, I love using all that traditional too. foods and things like that. But, um, You're welcome back on the podcast, or if you're in Tucson, let me know, and I'll I'll give you a tour of our our reservation, our traditional medicines, our gardens, our traditional healing, and a lot of places around here that are really, I know you're going to enjoy it, even though it's the desert and we're not near any water, but I know you'll love it here. But thank you again, Batu, for being on the Good to E-Medicine podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Pete. It was such a joy. and um, I do I can't wait till I come visit. I know it's gonna happen. and I also want to let people know they can find me on. Probably the best way to find me is on Instagram. Okay. To kind of up with um, medicine I do ship medicines, so um, I can sh- you know I can ship medicines anywhere on mm-hmm. and anywhere. Um, I also teach, and you know these days I've been teaching virtually, so there's classes that are happening and coming up, so that's a good way to stay in touch also.
1: Yeah, I'll share the the link to your Instagram on the podcast notes, as well as where they can find your medicine. And if you want, maybe you can uh, later on off the off the show, maybe you can send me um, some of those um, the the where you teach. Maybe we okay. can share that on the podcast notes. And maybe they can catch. Is it through Zoom or something like that? Probably virtual, yeah, mostly, right?
0: Yeah. So mostly, yeah, it's through Zoom now. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah just let me know. I can share that as well with our with our audience
0: thank you so much pete this has been wonderful thank you so much
1: no thank you so much made me happy made my day thank you so much
0: thank you you so much